Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us as we continue with our investigation of Jesus and his famous and favorite topic, the Gospel about the Kingdom of God. Did you realize that the Bible from beginning to end is a royal book? It's about the Kingdom of God. From cover to cover, the Bible is a book about kingship, the Messiah Jesus is the chosen king of Israel, that's what Messiah means, and his message is about God's coming kingdom. Believers must be vitally interested in this kingdom because God invites them through the gospel, through the gospel as Jesus preached it, to be kings with his son Jesus in that future kingdom for which we pray, thy kingdom come. And so you see, a royal messianic drama pervades the pages of Scripture. The faith of Abraham, which is the basis of the gospel, Galatians 3 verse 8, provides the key for restoring the much-neglected kingship theme to the church. Evangelism will flourish when our hearts and minds are filled with the amazing royal plan which God is currently executing for our benefit and for the peace of the world. You see, Abraham is the father of the faithful, according to Paul in Romans chapter 4. The connection between Abraham and his faith and the Christian gospel is simply this. Abraham was promised the land in perpetuity. Jesus came promising his followers the land also. Blessed are the meek, they're going to receive the land, he said, or they're going to receive the kingdom of God. The land promise made to Abraham in the Old Testament comes into the New Testament as the promise of the inheritance of the kingdom of God in the teaching of Jesus and the apostles. The gospel itself is about the kingdom of God, according to Jesus, and the gospel is therefore about the land promise made to Abraham. To Abraham was promised the land that was the basis of the contract or covenant God made with him, and Jesus, in his covenant and contract, which is a renewing of the covenant of Abraham, promises the land equally to his followers. It's a colossal mistake to say that the land promise refers only to ethnic Jews. The whole point of our New Testament is that people of all races, of all nations, of all tongues, are candidates in Christ for the great promises made to Abraham. Blessed are the meek, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. They're going to have the land as their inheritance. The Greek word there can be translated equally, land or earth. And Jesus is quoting simply from Psalm 37, verse 11, which also states that the meek are going to have the land as their inheritance. Now, that promise of the land, of course, echoes the promise made to Abraham. There's one golden thread running through the pages of Scripture, and it is that God has granted to the faithful in the future the inheritance of the land, in other words, the inheritance of the kingdom of God. The equation of the land with the kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven, is made absolutely plain by Jesus in his famous Sermon on the Mount. On the one hand, he can say, Blessed are the poor in spirit, they're going to have the kingdom of heaven, or, alternatively, blessed are the meek, they're going to have the earth as their inheritance. I have to tell you that the kingdom of heaven does not mean a kingdom in heaven, somewhere in the sky. 
It's simply an alternative phrase for the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God will be on the earth. The kingdom of heaven is defined by Matthew 5, verse 5. The meek, Jesus says, are going to have the earth as their inheritance. It's extremely misleading for Christians to persist with this language about going to heaven and gaining heaven and so-and-so's in heaven. Jesus did not promise heaven to his followers. He plainly promised the earth. Blessed are the meek, he said, the earth is going to be their inheritance. Well, you may say, why then did Jesus talk about treasure in heaven? Well, treasure is stored up now with a view to its being granted to the faithful believer in the future. But what will be granted, of course, is the kingdom of God on the earth. In Jewish thinking, the rewards of the future are now stored up with God with a view to their being revealed on the earth in the future when the Messiah comes to reign in his kingdom of God on the earth. And so to have treasure in heaven does not mean that you go to heaven to get that treasure. It simply means that your future reward is stored up or treasured up with God and he plans to give that kingdom, the kingdom of God on the earth in the future, he plans to give it to the faithful at the second coming of Jesus. That's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That's to say, the kingdom which is currently treasured up for you, in store for you with God, but which you will inherit when Christ returns. If we paid attention to the words of Jesus rather than our own church traditions, it would become clear that Jesus based his whole theology on that 77% of our Bible we call the Old Testament. We should rather call it the Hebrew Bible. The promises made to Abraham are the foundation of the one contract or covenant God has established between himself and the faithful. Jesus renews that covenant, brings it to fulfillment, because as Messiah, he is the recipient of the inheritance promised to Abraham. Both Abraham and Jesus are to inherit the world or the earth, and Jesus graciously shares that inheritance with his followers and promises, therefore, to give them the kingdom in the future. Fear not, little flock, he said. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom or to give you the earth. The promise to Abraham was that he would inherit the world. Romans 4, verse 13. Throughout the Bible, God is deeply and profoundly interested in the future of our world, and this world is going to cease to be the chaotic and tragic place it currently is. Do you realize that according to a news program recently on television, there's a murder in America every 20 seconds and a rape every several minutes? I have to tell you that in the future kingdom of God, one murder and one rape per year across the world would be altogether too much. At present, this is a chaotic scene. Can you imagine people taking the lives of others every 22nd in this nation which claims to have Christianity as its base? Something is terribly wrong with that situation. And what's wrong is that we have abandoned the words of Jesus in favor of our own church traditions. What we preach as the Christian faith in some respects has little to do with what Jesus and the apostles in the first century preached. And one of the glaring differences between what we preach as the gospel and what Jesus preached as the gospel has to do with this matter of the kingdom. The gospel, as Jesus defined it, is about the kingdom promise of the future or the promise of the earth, the promise of the land made to Abraham. 
It would be most helpful if we could recenter our attention on that classic verse in Luke 4, verse 43, where Jesus clearly defined the point of his whole mission. And the point of Jesus' mission is supposed to be the point of our gospel mission also. We're supposed to use Jesus as a model and reflect and echo his teaching, copy his teaching. In other words, we're supposed to follow Jesus. In Luke 4, verse 43, Jesus said, I must preach the gospel about the kingdom of God to the other cities also. That's the reason I was sent. In the gospel according to John, Jesus said, As God sent me, so I send you. Well, if Jesus was sent to preach the gospel of the kingdom, it follows logically that Christians are sent to preach the same gospel of the kingdom. But to listen to preaching today you don't get a clear idea that the kingdom of God is being preached with clarity at all. What we do hear is that Jesus died for our sins and rose again, and that's certainly part of the gospel. But that form of the gospel omits the fundamental element of the gospel as proclaimed by Jesus, and also, of course, by Paul. Paul, in Acts 20, verse 25, summarized his whole ministry as having been a proclamation of the kingdom of God. Acts 20 verse 25. At the moment, the churches seem to be working out of a half gospel. I've even heard it said that Jesus came to do three days' work, to die, to be buried, and to rise again. But that's obviously not true. Jesus came to preach the kingdom of God for about three and a half years. He didn't come only to die, although his death, of course, for our sins is an essential element in the gospel. It's quite wrong to say that half the gospel is the death of Jesus and the other half is his resurrection. That amidst the gospel preaching which Jesus accomplished for that three and a half year period before he died. In John 17, before his death, Jesus said, I've accomplished the work which you gave me to do. Well, that work, of course, was the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom. A correspondent of mine recently wrote, The gospel, as most of my church friends and I have known it in the past, is so small a part of the whole deal, it's hard to call it an accurate gospel at all. Perhaps this limited gospel message, as proclaimed by modern Christians, explains the limited impact it's having in America today. I say amen to that statement. We need to get our gospel broad enough to take in the gospel as Jesus preached it. What a wonderful revolution could take place in churches if we'd go back and follow the simple instructions of Jesus. Go into all the world, he said, and teach them everything that I taught you. Turn over one page from Matthew 28, where that great commission is found. What is the first commandment ever given by Jesus? Well, there it is in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Repent, he said. Change your mind. Reorientate your thinking and your lifestyle. Take on a new set of priorities. Go for a new horizon and believe in the gospel of God, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Those precious verses lay out the very foundation of the Christian faith. That's where Jesus began his gospel preaching. And if we believe in being his followers, we also would begin our gospel preaching exactly as he did, by following the useful formula provided for us in those precious verses in Mark 1, 14 and 15. Well, you may say Jesus was preaching to the Jews, and we cannot preach the same gospel to the Gentiles. 
But if we'll turn to the work of Paul in Acts 28, verse 23, we'll find, first of all, that Paul preached the kingdom of God from dawn till dusk to his Jewish audience. But did he then change the message when he went to the Gentiles? Absolutely not. In Acts chapter 28 and verse 28, we read this, Let it be known to you, Paul said, that this salvation of God has now been sent to the Gentiles. They also will listen. And when he had spoken these words, the Jews departed, having a great dispute among themselves. And Paul then stayed two full years in his own rented quarters and was welcoming all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Messiah with all openness unhindered. I have to tell you that there's only one gospel, the length and the breadth of the New Testament. It's the gospel of the kingdom and the things concerning the name of Jesus Christ, Acts 8, verse 12. You know, in view of all this evidence, it's hard to see why we can't get this gospel thing right. In Luke 9, verse 2, Jesus sent them out, sent the apostles out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. In verse 6, we read that they began going about everywhere among the villages, preaching the gospel, proclaiming the kingdom of God, in other words. And down in verse 11, multitudes were aware of Jesus' presence, and they followed him, and welcoming them, he began speaking to them about the kingdom of God. We've prepared an article showing the definition, the correct New Testament definition of the gospel and its content. We'd like to send this to you for your personal Bible study at home. Meanwhile, join us again for our continued discussion of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.